0: Welcome to the next episode of Get Schooled On Campus, a spinoff podcast series that will spotlight colleges and universities and give you, the listener, information that you may need when deciding to research or visit those institutions. A college visit before you visit. I'm Chris Reeves, Independent College Counselor.
1: I'm Joel Ford, Public School Counselor at Connor High School in Hebron, Kentucky in this episode we're not simply talking about one college we're not talking about two colleges or three or four we're talking about five count them five colleges uh, in this episode uh, my buddy Chris here got in the car went on an epic road trip to his favorite part of the country if I if I can't connect with him I know he's on a mountain somewhere in this area he, is headed toward New England, buddy. And so for this road trip, you went through New York, New Hampshire, and made it all the way to Maine, didn't you, Chris? I did make it all the way to Maine. So you know their college is closer than Maine, right?
0: Yeah, I thought about that, you know, on my 2,300 miles of driving. But (laughs) the hiking, the White Mountains, Lobster Rolls, Katahdin, the Appalachian
1: Trail. Uh, Are you kidding me? I love how you said lobster. Well,
0: I did I did have a lobster roll, and it was awesome. Nice. It's fantastic. Well,
1: so listeners, our goal is to give you a preliminary look at a campus as you begin your college journey. So Chris is going to tell us why he fell in love with, with New England and why a student should consider some schools in that area. Uh, Chris, we're going to let you just kind of start the car and take us on your journey and I'll interject when I have questions and, and just ask. And let's hear about this 2,300-mile excursion to New England. Sure. Yeah, I
0: started by uh, turning right off Henry Court, went down Henry <laughs> Avenue, took a right on Lumley. Wait, that, that, would be, that would be way too long. Let's just jump ahead a little bit to, uh, to the road trip. Um, short backstory, though. I have a, a very good friend well uh, my my one of my very best friends we actually were in the same kindergarten class together so we've been friends for my entire life he is currently working in elmira new york uh, he sold his small company and in part as part of the transition is in elmira until september 1st and this trip occurred maybe three weeks before that so i thought hey There's a free night and I get to see Dave. So it was it was very cool. Um drove up on a Sunday morning, eight hour drive, and I like this sort of thing. So it's just, you know, my style. Just you in the open road. Just me in the open road. That's right. All right. But I had an agenda. So when I got there, we both Dave and I like to hike. In fact, he's the person who introduced me to New England and to the White Mountains. So so there's that. Um and I guess it all kind of comes around. But so we wanted to do a little bit of exploring. And when I got there, I said, you know what I want to do, Dave, if it's OK, is drive up to Ithaca. I had already planned on hitting Cornell the next day. OK, but what I what I re- realized is as a big bird nerd that I am in my Merlin app and all my identifying apps that the hub of all. Like bird-watching in America, like there's like the show Extraordinary Birder, um, the the Cooper guy, is it um, Jessica, New York, Christian Cooper, I think. It is it is at Cornell, Cornell University, Ithaca, New York, the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, and it's an entire building on a on a pond, a beautiful pond, that that hosts. I mean, hundreds of different types of birds end up being seen at at, at Sapsucker Woods, which is the greater area surrounding the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. So I wanted to investigate that. There were some small trails there, and we just we just tooled around. You know, so as, in all
1: seriousness, and we were talking before we started, I absolutely detest birds.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'm going to delete but, that from the episode, but go ahead.
1: But now you've piqued my curiosity. Okay. Why do the birds go to Ithaca, New York?
0: I, I mean— a lot of, I mean, they're native, but just th- this this area um, geographically, the Finger Lakes region of of Middle New York is really, really an interesting area. I I didn't know a ton about it to be honest, but the geography picture, picture glaciers as as a couple of big hands that okay. just that just like like almost like a Native American like origin story type thing, right? So these hands dig into the ground and just scrape back the earth as the glaciers retreated. And you have these lakes, these natural lakes, and gorges, gorgeous, gorges all over the place. The Cornell has 100 waterfalls on or near campus because of these giant gorges. So every lake is, is, is not just deep in the, in the water sense – but like the sides of it in the hills that go up where, you know, the, the homes get built sometimes. And, and I mean, there's lots of declines natural- to the water. It really, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that whole area is just really beautiful. So you've got the water and waterfowl and in these areas, it's summertime. So obviously with migrations and this and that, so it's not, I mean, I just think it's a natural area, but they've built, you know, deciduous, Coniferous tree areas are just kind of naturally there. They have the pond, the marshland. So all there's just all types of ecosystem just right there at Cornell. Okay. And you know, I don't know there are probably other places in America that that, that could have put more energy into into birding and that sort of thing, but but Cornell just has a history of being being pioneers and leaders. The the logo I'm looking at on my screen. For the Merlin app, and if you don't know what that is, you can turn on the audio, hear birds in right next to you, and it tells you what the birds are. Um, so Merlin yeah. app, get on, get it. But it's the same logo. So they they, they built that app at Cornell. Oh, wow. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, and and what I'll do here is just kind of take you through. I'm looking at my pictures. It helps me think of things to to say. I, I realize we're on audio and and listeners can't can't see that, but You know, send us a message. I'll send you a couple pictures, I suppose, (laughs) but uh, of me standing next to the Cornell lab of ornithology. But I I was probably – I mean, that was my big nerd moment. I mean, I have a lot of nerd moments that are fantastic. No, there's another bigger nerd moment coming up later in the episode. But I was just excited. Yeah, Yeah. I was excited to be there, really excited to be there. So we walked around Sapsucker Woods. One of the most interesting things and the most commented upon photograph – was an egg cairn, and I may have to get back to you on the artist. I didn't know it was like some artist type thing, but it's this giant stack of rocks the size of me, literally. when I look at the picture, it's kind of funny. My bald head really kind of matches the egg. That's that's really <laughs> hilarious. Now that I now that I look closer at this picture, but it's 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 I would say. Five feet wide, six feet tall, five, five feet, eight inches tall, five feet, nine inches tall. Not exactly sure. It's, it's close, but, uh, but yeah, and, and it's just, there's just, it's cool. What can I say? It's absolutely cool. Uh, at the same time, you know, we had a college to visit. Uh, so that night, that night we, we had a good time. It was cool. I'm about to find for you. In a moment, the Andy Goldsworthy, Andy Goldsworthy um, had a a sculptor friend comment on my Facebook page and said, is that an Andy Goldsworthy? Well, I didn't know. I didn't look at the sign very good, but I had a picture of it. Boom. Andy Goldsworthy statue. So, or artwork, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, Ithaca, New York. The next morning, uh, we're not talking about this college, but Elmira, New York has Elmira College. And Joel, what's the fun fact about Elmira
1: College? That I learned is where Mark Twain is buried.
0: He's buried right by there. I think I wasn't clear, but he his cabin is on campus and uh, a mile down the road is the cemetery that's that he is buried in. So I I did that quest as my favorite author that I had no idea that I was like right next to. Part of his life. It was really cool. Next morning, get up 530 a.m., hit Elmira, head 55 minutes northeast to Cornell. Let's talk about Cornell. Ready? Yeah. Yep. What do you know about Cornell? Like, like, don't, you know, don't be shy. Don't just be honest. Like, do you, you know, it's an Ivy League school.
1: Yeah, I, I know it was founded well after the other Ivy Leagues. Um, I'm going to make an office reference. <laughs> I'm, a, well, I'm a matter of Andy Bernard, but tell us what you learned about Cornell. I I'm going
0: to, I'll be honest on this podcast anytime. And yeah. you know, I've been in a, this is my excuse, I suppose, public education, my entire life. I've been as busy as you are mm-hmm. all the time and I couldn't get out. I didn't, yeah. I, didn't I, have, I haven't been able to get on campuses. And now with my contract work with the craft Academy, you know, part of that is, is getting out and being on campuses uh, going to schools that my students are interested in and want to, want to apply to. And I, I didn't know a lot about it. I, mm-hmm. I knew it was an Ivy. I knew I had two friends from high school go there. You know, I knew they were good in certain areas. You know, I knew they were big with ag. I knew about the ornithology. Mm-hmm. My friends went there for finance and business. I, I knew they were a good engineering school. I did not know that it was gigantic. Really? 22,000 students, 22,000 wow. undergrads.
1: Okay. I didn't know that.
0: Right. My, my Ivy, my Ivy league assumptions. A few they, they, Yeah. They hit that sweet spot, you know, five to 6,000, which right. is a great size for, for a school. 22,000. Uh, wow. 22, and also can't lie on this podcast, um, impossible for me to make a human contact with the admissions office. It was, mm. uh, they're, they're busy. They're big. Um, like I, after my heartfelt email, about who i was and my experience with with access to higher education Uh, the reply was like we probably can't talk to you and if you stop by on campus if someone's available then maybe we'll talk to you Uh, so anyway i did my own individual tour there's some apps that have you can download and you can take yourself around campus a little disappointed in that but here's how i describe cornell this is you know i talk a lot here and and I know that's what it's like when I get rambling on this stuff. But the way I would describe it, in a way I did describe it to students I'm talking to, is it doesn't matter the area of study in a way. Cornell's hitting home runs. Mm-hmm. They're just hitting home runs from from the student, from facilities to student experience. Uh, it's, it's, they're, they're just crushing it. I, again, I, I mentioned the ag engineering business. They're, there's an entire botanical garden not just like, oh, look, here's a little spot on campus where we have a few flowers. You know, right. this is like like a true, like a building. Uh, the, the green space. i tell you what it reminded me of, which I really didn't expect. It reminded me more of Ohio State than, than anything. Really? Just the, the buildings, the way they're set up, the size of campus, the scope. I really, It really reminded me of my alma mater. The Ohio State University. Uh, they, my son was a wrestler, and I, I took a couple extra picks for him, but there's an entire building that's the wrestling center. Oh wow. It's the entire building. Uh the 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 inside, I mean it was cool because I just like walked in. I could have walked on the football field, which was very, very nice, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the facilities, everything from athletics, but it's all like it feels big time. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for in ivy league education but you want the the like the big time feel of let's say a state university in a way then cornell is an awesome fit
1: so it, so do you think they're less about because because they were founded well after the other Ivies. so do you think they're less concerned with for lack of a better term tradition and they're more progressive in 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 their campus and their buildings and
0: i feel like they're very good at just playing their own game okay like they they i don't think they are the type of school that really like i mean obviously they didn't they didn't care a whole lot like if they talked to me necessarily and, and yeah you know, of course i'm like it's salty about that stuff because i'm just <laughs> me but at the same time like they play their own game they do what they need to do they're very focused the ezra cornell Right. That makes sense. Right. A founding founding principle. The, the right. quote is any person in any study. OK, so so the point is they want an institution. It doesn't matter what you want to study. It's there. So they're great at agriculture. You know, mm-hmm. they're great. They're great at all these things that maybe not everybody has or has a robust curriculum for. Okay. I still think there's a there's a lot of room for liberal arts there. But the other schools we're about to talk about are liberal arts colleges. Okay. And here you can get a little bit more traditional of, of an education. But campus is awesome. I mean, you can walk to – you can walk down to BB Lake. Um, Cornell's kind of on a hill. Didn't Didn't know that. Looking at maps, these are things you don't know unless you get on campus. Cornell's kind of up on a hill. It's got great views down across the countryside. But right down the hill on the north side of campus – you'll have i forget the river so i apologize for that but you have bb lake and it's really really pretty <laughs> yeah. lots of trails lots of hiking for for students and students can just walk to it it's it's really really cool. cool
1: between
0: between bb lake the arboretum uh sapsucker woods and i didn't mention the vertebrate museum which is right next to sapsucker woods i mean it's like the or with the ornithology center and all of that I, it's, there's a lot to it. And again, it really does fit their, 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 their guiding principle, which is any person, any study. Hmm. Um, so it's a highly selective school. Just, you know, as, as note, we know, we know this, you do apply to a college, not the whole university. So some, some, some facts, I, my, my notes are divided into different types of comments for, for you and for students and listeners, but exactly. uh, this is in the admission procedures kind of section, but you're, you're, you are applying to an overall, you're applying to a college, not the overall university. Okay. Also, three of their colleges, the ag college, like the arts college called C-A-A-P, like DAP, but CAP, right? right. For, you, for I didn't, oh, Well, that's local knowledge, but UC has DAP, Cornell has CAP, it's the arts college. In business,
1: they're test blind.
0: Wow. You didn't know that, did you?
1: No, so they don't even care.
0: Don't care, agriculture, art, architecture, design, those kinds of things, and business.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Test blind, but you, you, but you don't apply to Cornell, right? You apply to right. the college itself. Um, so yeah, if there's if you're looking for a large research university, but you're looking at Ivy League credentials, those sorts of things, there you go. Uh, on the financial aid piece, they they do package. With loans, we'll talk about three schools soon. That that package with without loans, and just as a side note for for listeners, what that means is uh, now FAFSA is changing a little bit. I'm going to use old terms for now. But if your if a parent's EFC is ten thousand dollars, Cornell will package that. You pay ten thousand. You borrow your amount, maybe fifty five hundred or some of that amount, and then they help cover the rest. Not bad. Some schools don't right. don't, don't fulfill all the need. Some schools do your contribution, your loan, more money, and, and then they package. So right. it's a good package, not a great package. Um, so anyway, they that should be known. Loans are part of of the meeting your full need. A couple notes on student life. I mean, there's there's so much student life. I I don't want to I don't want to talk about the things that we almost like joke about with college tours, like. Mm-hmm. If they don't have your club, you can make one. Just find five friends. So I'm going to try to tell you things maybe that are not quite like that. But uh, they're a a third Greek. Uh, That's a pretty big percentage. In my my opinion, that's a big percentage. D1 Sports, of course, we Mm -hmm. talked about that. They have required PE classes. That's part of it. As part, part of, of the their, yeah, yeah, as part of, and now it can be dance if, if you don't right. want to play racquetball, you know, but, but you have a lot of options you can, you can have with that. Ice hockey is huge. Yeah, I huge, did know so are some of the other schools we'll talk right. about, and, um, they have a large outdoor ed program, as you can imagine, being mm-hmm. in the Finger Lakes region that I described for you earlier. Um, let's see, uh. One of the important things I like to talk about also are student outcomes, especially when we get into the liberal arts colleges, because you, if you're a liberal arts college, you really need to show that it's worth it to not have like a major that leads directly to a job. Right that sort of thing.
1: that was one of our first episodes, by it,
0: the way. It was. It was., um, and I've been talking to people more and more about how to talk about that and how maybe that's an, another episode we can do sometime. But they have a ninety five percent graduation rate, although it is a six year rate, which colleges get the benefit of the six year rate right. uh, And it is they they just have some cool traditions, just like any just like any college. Um, I forget what Dragon Day is. I put a note, Dragon Day. Look it up, everybody. Find out what Dragon Day is on Cornell. I'm in the middle of recording, so I can't do it right now. And slope day is like this fun. I don't know what they do exactly, but it's like last day of classes. They just have a big party and it's awesome. Aside from that, uh, you know, I went down to BB Lake, took a few pics of that. It's awesome. Popped up to the Arboretum. What I really realized, really realized, was that I, I needed to give Cornell about eight hours. Okay. And I gave it like three so I just had to bounce around, you know, well, you know, one more time. Didn't have to waste my time in the admissions office, <laughs> but but I needed to give myself about eight hours. Okay. So there's an Ivy.
1: So if, gonna... a student, if a student's going, take the full day.
0: Yeah, th- thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. If you're going to Cornell, get there the night before. In the evening, go out to Sapsucker Woods. It's not on campus, but it's like. 10 minutes, just kind of around campus, and then get up the next morning, do your tour, that's like your admission presentation, your tour that's that, that goes around campus. But at the same time, like, give yourself time after the tour to get down to BB Lake, they probably can't put that on the tour, it's a little too far to walk and take, you know, 20 people in a pile right. down there. So give yourself some time to do that, spend some time in the Arboretum. And maybe going into some buildings that might not end up on on your tour. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for the reframe there. I Appreciate
1: no that. No problem. So then, you headed which direction? Then,
0: I had about a five hour drive ahead of me. Uh, one of the funny things that I did take some pictures of: <laughs> me eating in the car. Literally, didn't give myself enough time to like go to Ithaca and find a little place to sit down and eat. Like I had to go because I had I had. in in opposition to my cornell experience i had a five o'clock meeting with dartmouth like one-on-one with uh, to talk about rural initiatives and of course my very good friend jack steinberg is connected to dartmouth through Mm -hmm. alumni association he's contracting with them doing some doing some really good work in their communications Um, so obviously when you have a friend and you have a link and a connection but i i had a meeting to talk about like rural initiatives dartmouth is really interested in it's the rural Ivy. And the point is like, well, we need to keep working hard to get rural students.
1: Mm-hmm. And and, and, for, and for those that don't know, Chris mentioned that he does contract work with the craft Academy. They're located in Eastern Kentucky. So yes, the, the heart of rural Appalachia there, there's where your interests are.
0: Right. Hey, one right, of, right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, one of the colleges I talked to later in the in this episode was um, we were kind of having this conversation. Like, if you, it's hard to find rural students because you have to go to like a hundred schools to pop into all these places, these remote places, or in Kentucky. <laughs> you can come to the craft Academy cause we're pulling, we're already pulling those students right? and they're high achieving and all of this. And they're coming from not everyone, but a lot of them are coming from rural areas. So anyway, this episode is going to be super long. If I don't keep going, uh, it's probably going to be super long anyway, but we will put each college in the notes of when the time starts for each college. There you go. So we'll, we'll, so you can jump ahead to, if you just want to hear about Colby or something like that, then you can jump ahead to Colby anyway. On the way to Dartmouth, you drive through Vermont. So, what can I say? Spending a, a Monday, a Monday afternoon driving through Vermont. Yes, please. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Stopped on the side of the road, took a couple of nice pics of the. Oh, who am I kidding? I pulled my phone up really quick uh, <laughs> and took a few pics of the green mountains in the foreground. All right. It was it was awesome. So I get to Dartmouth and. Aside from you know, did you ever believe Joel in like love at first sight?
1: Uh I've I've seen examples of it.
0: Okay, well that's how I kind of felt
1: yeah.
0: when I when I got to Hanover, because I go up to the admissions office when you got right to up, when you got to Dartmouth. Dartmouth. When I get to Dartmouth, when I get to Dartmouth, yeah. I go and I go right up to the admissions office and there's a hiking cairn. And <laughs> a cairn is a is a stack of rocks that is kind of just piled up. Sometimes a little haphazard, but it the, the use on a trail is for winter hiking because you can follow the trail because you can see the cairns with rocks stacked up. You can't see the path very well. Sure. When in New England, for example, the 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 the, the mountains become snow covered, so you follow these cairns, really a symbol of hiking. And if any school embraces the outdoors, it's Dartmouth. Uh, the fun fun facts about Dartmouth for me is that. I forget if it's like if it's seven, eight or nine, but the Appalachian Trail, the twenty one hundred something miles of it only runs through seven, eight, nine towns. Right. Period. Hanover's one of them. So it okay. runs through campus. The, the Appalachian Trail runs through campus before it heads over to the White Mountains. Now, earlier this summer, I was vacationing that direction right? and I hiked Mount Moosalock with Jack and his wife, Sharon, and my wife, Jen that mountain is maintained by the, doubt, the by the Dartmouth outing club. So the trail between Hanover and Mooselock, which I think is around 50 miles or so, if I'm wrong, I apologize to Jack and everyone else. So I can't remember things and they're not written down, but that, that stretch of trail is maintained by the Dartmouth outing club okay. and students are on it all the time. They have special trips. Um, Dartmouth has a lot of, a lot of culture and it, there's just so much I can say about this. Uh, but, but the, what I'll start with is a, a profound sense of place. And it's just, you, you think about the craziest things I've seen. One, I go up with, and I meet Jack and Sharon that morning le- late in July to hike this mountain. And we stayed at the Moosalock Ravine Lodge, which is owned by Dartmouth. Okay, so you can pay as an outsider to stay there and then you can decide if you're going to pay for the dinner they provide, which students run. Students do it. They make it. This this is this is a remote cabin. It's it's big and very nice. But I mean, it's camping nice. You know, it's like bunks and stuff like that, like hostel style. It's very cool. But we stayed there that morning. Jack and Sharon come in and all of a sudden the people we had eaten breakfast with and just kind of met and talked to. They do this, like, oh my gosh, and they hug each other. They were in, like, they had the same, Jack and one of those ladies had the same, like, freshman experience, which is only a group of like 10 people. Hmm. So they had been friends since they were in college there. Okay. And they see each other, they run into each other. You talk about a network for business purposes, but this is like a network for friend purposes. Okay. And I'm sure and business purposes. Right. But whenever people talk about, you know, you need to go to an Ivy because of the network. This was friendship. Like this was love and friendship. And it was like really, really cool. It it reminded me in some ways of how people in Kentucky talk about center. Because you know what it's like. People who went to center love center. Right. Well, that's how it is. That's how it is with Dartmouth. Uh, we go in to the, let's see, we went out to eat the, that night, Jack and I go into one of the local restaurants, like right by campus called Pine. And we go into Pine. We want to, we were going to have one adult beverage and one of his good friends was sitting at the table or at the, at the corner of the bar who like lives at the other end of campus and just can walk there. Okay. So there's just, again, a profound sense of, of place. We feel it I felt it with the students there um, that doesn't even get into the natural beauty of Dartmouth so let's you know let me get into a few things as far as the school itself I mean sustainability huge again you, you can all, you can imagine
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're in New England so you've got sustainability is is big um, their engineering science curriculum I did, I mean you just you can't go wrong at Dartmouth right you can't you, can't, you just simply <clears throat> cannot go wrong. But the curriculum got really flexible. And then they have what's called the D plan. So they're on a quarter system. I'll try to explain this the best I can. They're on a quarter system. So fall, side note, fall quarter ends before Thanksgiving. So people who attend from far away don't have to do two trips home. Okay. So the fall quarter ends Thanksgiving. Then you have winter quarter, spring quarter, every freshman, will come in before school starts if they choose and do a freshman experience. But basically everyone does it.
1: You do the freshman
0: experience, the bonding and all of that. Then you do fall, you do fall, winter, spring, and you don't do summer. Okay. Then you start to have choices because what they have, what's called the sophomore summer, but look what the sophomore summer does. One, it's fun as heck. And they're down at the river in the docks, laying out. They're kayaking, paddleboarding. I mean, what better time to be in Hanover, New Hampshire than summer. Mm-hmm. So they get the sophomore summer, lots of bonding. It's amazing. The, the whole bunch of sophomores were at the ravine lodge when we were there. Like it was filled. It was packed. It was a Saturday okay. packed with sophomores at the ravine lodge, just staying and hiking and hanging out and doing yoga out front and all these things. So you, that means you take a term off though, if you want to do a study abroad. Or you want to go home for the winter winter term you don't you just don't take classes because you're going to do sophomore summer okay if you want to do an internship at a less competitive time than fighting for summer internships boom do it then do it then do okay. it then so you can arrange your your terms the dartmouth plan the d plan so you can adjust these blocks of some of quarters, however you want to adjust them.
1: And it doesn't matter what your major is.
0: And it doesn't matter what your major is. Okay. Period. Doesn't matter what your major is. So, you know, you, I, I think you asked that because at some colleges, if you're in engineering, you're doing what they say, period. Right. No, doesn't matter what you're majoring. In. Okay. Doesn't matter. Um, so a few, a few notes I took on just some really, really quick, quick notes. Um, like women in science. Is, is really promoted there in, in in a really authentic way first year research in, in the engineering department is something students can do that's not you know first-year undergrads don't always get to do that stuff that's true um, they are the smallest r one research institution in the country okay so it's still like like funded and, and operates like like a like a, like a UK. R1 but, research university. But more
1: but of a small a, college feel.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. More of a, a small college feel. Uh, I I think I, I'm not gonna try it because I think I'll do a really poor job getting into the details of how their graduate schools work. But let me just say this. So you've got Dartmouth College, but the university system has graduate schools in business, in engineering, and other areas. But as an undergrad, you can take classes in those graduate schools. Oh wow! When you get to a certain point.
1: Okay.
0: I I, I don't think it would it would take too long, and I don't think I would do it right because again, um, I, if I need to look something back up, I'll get online and look it back up, that sort right. of thing. So, but just know that as an undergrad, you've got access to graduate schools. But as an undergrad, you're treated as an undergrad institution, Dartmouth College.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So you just kind of get the benefit of both worlds there. Because a school without a graduate school is going to advertise, hey, we have no graduate schools. All we care about are undergrads. Mm-hmm. And Dartmouth is trying to have best of both worlds there. My campus highlights, I already talked a lot about the Appalachian Trail and this and that. One of the picks I took is uh, in the Dartmouth Outing Club building, which is right next door to admissions, they have a sign that welcomes AT hikers. They have uh, a... A, a qr code that links them to different trail angels if you need to ride somewhere if you need this and that uh, my buddy mike big hiker with uh, the kentucky hiker project he he says that the hikers talk about how great they get to eat when they get to hanover
1: really
0: yeah yeah so it's kind of a great place and you're about to hit some mm, mm, trails when you leave hanover like right. the toughest best ones but the culmination of the Appalachian Trail, so maybe some good foods what you need, but also Dartmouth is located in what's called the upper valley of the Connecticut River. So it is on the border of, of New Hampshire and Vermont, in the mm-hmm. Connecticut River. I know you're a history person, geography, so obviously you know that that splits the two states and that's right. the state boundary. But you walk from campus down to the docks and you see the boating house. You see the docks where students can just take kayaks out, SUPs. So we went down there. Sophomores, because a sophomore summer, were canoeing, kayaking. It's a beautiful body of water. So you can. It's it's not a raging river or the Ohio River where we live, so you can swim in it safely. You know those kinds of things. Absolutely beautiful. I mean, a New England river. Come on, doesn't get better than that. Uh, but we just we talked to a few of the students, said they had a great day and mm-hmm. it was cool.
1: So so would it be fair to say if you're into the outdoors, but you're still looking for that high level Ivy experience? There's no well, other school. There's, I mean, this is the place.
0: Fi, as a figure of speech, no other place. OK. I, like I, I mentioned I that Cornell know. did have a robust outdoor program. Fine. I get that. I but totally but, get but
1: that. this this is a different type of outdoors.
0: It's different it's just different. Of course you're in my favorite state so I'm biased. No however, however, I'm not wrong <laughs> about, about about this school <laughs> and about about what it offers. A uh, couple couple cool things that I want to mention about the facilities. So the engineering science facilities are are unbelievable. The new performing arts center will replicate the Lincoln Center. It's not quite done yet but it'll, it'll be done very very soon. And they have their own organic farm. You do have to drive to that. But that. students can go out there. One of the tour guides is like, man, that's the best carrot I ever had. <laughs> when he got I swear that's what he said. It was awesome. Um, and they have an observatory. So the, but the craft students are big into space science a lot of them. Right. So they have an observatory with a lot less light pollution in that part of the country. And on Fridays, open to the public. Star parties. Star parties. Friday night, be there, be square, that's, right? That's cool. So, yeah, it's cool. Very, very cool. Which again, if you left time for a longer visit, uh, then maybe you could even fit something like that, like that, in. Again, we know it's we know it's a highly selective school. You've got single digit admission rate. Um, early decision, just statistically, this wasn't told on the tour, but we know early decision provides a benefit mm-hmm. because you have a higher chance of of getting in with early decision. And my. It's, it's, it's the Rural Ivy. If you're a rural student and you think, I can't go to an Ivy League school, you can. This one. Right. <laughs> go to this one. Um, and one of the cool parts of the admissions process here, there, there aren't many schools who do this, but they want a peer recommendation. Really? Yeah, it's cool.
1: That's cool.
0: Get a friend to just yeah. talk about you. But remember yeah. what I said about the network and how the, 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 the profound sense of place? Mm-hmm. It makes sense. And by the way, um, don't don't forget, and we haven't brought him up yet, that the director of admissions is our good friend Lee Coffin, who has
1: been on the podcast. He has been on this podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple other notes. I know I spent more time on Dartmouth, but when you fall in love, that's just what happens. Uh, there's there's they don't have merit aid, all right. So there are no scholarships. However, all need is met without loans. So if you're again using old terms, soon to be old terms, if your EFC is 10,000, you pay 10,000. That's it. And they cover the rest. They cover the rest. That's huge. It's paid for. It's yeah, it's huge. Sometimes I I realize that Ivy League schools get a lot of applications because they're Ivy League schools, but I think it's also because people know how good the financial aid packages mm. are. It can't just be hype. Because right. there's so much more substance at this school, and the financial aid is unbelievable. So anybody who is you know looking for a school that's going to save them money and provide an amazing education, there you go. I talked about sophomore summer. Here's some student life notes I have. I talked about sophomore summer, outdoor orientation programming. I alluded to that a little bit before freshman year. There's orientation programming that's, that's focused. It's very outdoorsy. The most extreme thing you can do is hit the woods for five days with your group. That's one of your choices. And you don't take your phone or there's no reception. I don't know which, but you're just out there bonding with 10 people for five days in the woods. Everyone's come back, which doesn't (laughs) always happen in, in the white mountains. That doesn't always happen. It's sad. Everybody's involved. Nobody there, I mean, maybe, maybe what, I don't know, one person, I don't know, but it feels like nobody just goes to class and that's it. Right. Everybody's super involved, and that's going to be true about all the schools we'll talk about next. Yeah, I talked about the bonding experiences. Uh, homecoming, so here's, here's a fun fact for you. Uh, one, they're very, two things. One, they're, they're very connected at Dartmouth to Native American populations, and they have a big spring powwow on campus right in the middle of the green. In that same green at homecoming is a giant, giant bonfire, like 20, 30 feet high. And then it's a cool tradition where the freshmen run in and run around the bonfire. It used to be as many times as your class.
1: Oh, good Lord.
0: Yeah. So now it's just like you run around five times and you're good. Right. But um, leaving me on a final note, at Dartmouth, you're not a freshman, a sophomore, a junior, a senior, if you started this year, you're you're like, oh, hi, I'm a 27. And if you, oh, if you meet, if you meet anyone ever, if you're in California and you're out there hanging out and you see someone with a Dartmouth sweatshirt and you know, they look as old as me or older and you'll say, oh, man, I like your sweatshirt. Um, I'm a I'm a 27. They'll be like, oh, I'm a 93. And that's you start talking. But that's yeah. how that's how that's that's just part of that. Again, profound sense of place in that culture. It's very cool.
1: So, so the thought that popped in my head: Does that mean that the, that their ability to graduate students in four years is is high? Oh, absolutely.
0: People do stay for various reasons, right? And I think I forget they, what they called it. They call it like a twenty-seven plus or something like that.
1: Because right. I, so, I was, just, you know, some places you could say, "Oh, I'm a 27th No, I'm a twenty-eight now. I'm a 29
0: <laughs> yeah it changes right. you know, I think I think that the, that the flexible curriculum, the D plan, good advising all allows people to selective admissions in a way allows them to have everybody pretty much
1: Four and done yeah yeah
0: yeah and I'm jumping through pictures of the Connecticut River freaking
1: beautiful man it's awesome no. like I said before if I can't find you in the area, I know where you're at. Yeah, I know. You're, you're in New England. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, are, are, we, are we good with Dartmouth then?
0: I could go on, but I think we should be good with Dartmouth so that we yeah. can get on to some other schools. I'm not done with Dartmouth. I'm going to keep all right. You know, well, hanging out purposes- with Jack and talking and all that stuff. So
1: For purposes of today's episode, let's take a quick break. We'll fill up the gas tank, and then we'll head to our other three colleges on Chris's road trip to New England. Welcome back to Get Schooled on Campus, Chris. Quick question before we uh, head to our next set of colleges. You mentioned with Cornell that the size of the the student population. Where does Dartmouth rank compared to uh, to that?
0: Just over a quarter of the size. Uh, apologize for not saying that. Sixty four hundred. Okay. Undergrad, undergrads. Yeah.
1: So more what we would think for an Ivy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, okay. you know, in that 5,000 ish range, right? Okay. Like that medium size or what would be considered kind of a, a lower end of the medium size school.
1: All right. So I, I, after we leave Dartmouth, I got a feeling we're headed toward the great state of Maine.
0: That's the only place we're headed. We're going to hit a triangle in Maine. OK, they're a, a very common college visit triangle, by the way, because if you're going that far, at least for most people. You might as well visit all three of these places. Are you ready?
1: Yeah. Where do we start?
0: Do you want to know all three and then we'll start? Or do you want to? Yeah. Yeah. So you've got you've got Bowdoin, Colby and Bates. Okay. So the similarities would be three. very selective. To highly selective. Small liberal arts colleges in Maine. Okay. Open curriculums great students but getting on a campus which is why we're doing this episode getting on a campus really brings out the differences i mean you and i have talked before it's it's difficult sometimes for for a college to tell stories and to go through their admissions office programming and and set themselves apart you can't just say we have access to great professors we have lots of clubs you know we play sports like, you have to get a little deeper into what you really are, what you believe, in order to set yourself apart. Mm-hmm. And I've never worked for a college, but I've done I've done a lot of visiting and listening to people talk about their colleges.
1: Right. What, what's the proximity of each college to
0: the others? So, Bowdoin is in Brunswick, Maine. That okay. is near the coast. All right. Um, all of it's south of Bangor and all of it's north of Portland. Portland. Okay. Yeah. So so Brunswick, Brunswick is not far from Portland. Okay. I'm trying to remember exactly because I drove from Dartmouth all the way to Bowdoin uh-huh. in a three and a half hours, which isn't that bad, you know?
1: Right.
0: So you're talking, you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes past, past Portland, Maine. Okay. And it's close to the coast, which provides some really unique opportunities. It is not on the coast close to the coast, but, um, let me get into Bowden. Bowdoin. Yeah. Bowdoin I, I didn't really have, they, they were in a turnover on the Kentucky rep. So I didn't really have a person to talk to, but I exchanged a couple emails and decided, well, I need to hop in the admissions office and just try to find somebody. So I'll get to that. I'll get to that in a second. But they have the, the university has 1900 students. Small. So not big 1900. It's the first thing I noticed when I got to campus is that Brunswick kind of surrounds it, the town of Brunswick, but like most college campuses itself within its own borders is not interrupted by like streets and lights and things like that. Okay. Uh, I noticed a lot of green grass with trees, but they're like spaced out really in a very pretty way, uh, old big trees, I use my tree app because not only do I have a bird app, Joel, but I have a tree
1: app. I I would expect nothing less.
0: And I, I mean, within, within 30 yard radius, I scanned in six different kinds of trees, you know, Mm -hmm. including various oaks, elm, which is a cool tree. Um, it it was, it was sweet. It was very cool. So it was bigger than I would picture a school for 1900 students geographically, the space just like walking from one end of campus to the other in buildings. So I think that's one thing I really noticed just about being there is that there was space. Okay. Space
1: to breathe. Room to stretch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really, really. Uh, Which I mean, every campus has its own vibe. So Bowdoin has its own app and on the app has its own tour. It is really good. Like it's the best online handheld tour that I have found. So I'm on it and I, Park my car, which is really easy on a small school like this. I didn't have to worry. It's like lots of visitor parking, very easy to get to for anyone visiting. And I didn't even have like a reservation or tour or anything like that set up. So I went to it a weird time of year. Cornell's was move in day. So <laughs> it was one of the move in days, that kind right. of thing. So anyway, weird time of year where you don't even have tours at some of these schools. So, you know, I'm walking around, I find the beginning, I find the spot. That's the beginning of the tour. And I'm going through, you know, step one, and I'm reading about this where they had purchased some old houses for offices. Really, 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 really pretty architecture. Um, everything in New England's older, by the way. If you, when you're from the Midwest, you get to New England and things are in the 1700s and right. 1800s, where here an old house is 19, like my house is 1928, right. which is an old house here. So walking around, I'm not that great at architecture, so I can't tell you the style, but, you know, colonial. Colonial. Yeah, and that sort of thing. But it's but also some variations, maybe a little Victorian-type stuff. But um, I guess that would be the the newer buildings, (laughs) maybe in the late 1800s, right? So it's awesome. Old houses, beautiful buildings. It all just adds to the feel. And it was a really nice balance between – because Brunswick's not big. Mm -hmm. So a nice connection and balance between the town and – the college but nerd moment number two did you know that robert e peary in 18 something i'm a terrible podcast host because i don't remember all these <laughs> things i'll find the picture actually daggone it no in 19 da, da, da. bowden is- bowden faculty staff and students and alumni have been going to the arctic since 1860, Robert E. Peary is the most famous of these individuals. In 1909, he claimed to be the first person to reach the North Pole with Matthew Henson and Innigut team members, and there's names that I will not pronounce incorrectly. I'd rather not say it than do it wrong. Uh, so, so, so
1: so I met, is, is he connected to Bowdoin? Is he an a alum? He alum? went there.
0: Okay. Yes, and the Arctic Research Lab and the Arctic Research Museum almost made me late to where, like, I thought the office doors would close to try to go grab somebody from the admissions office right. and talk to them for a few minutes. But
1: so, if you want to study in the Arctic,
0: you have to go to Bowdoin. You have okay. to apply. Like, if you're, if you're, if you're thinking Arctic studies. I'm saying maybe there's other places to research in in the country. You know, I've only visited five schools here on this trip. But I'm telling you, put Bowdoin on your app list. But
1: but because I I do a lot of reading and watching of Antarctica because I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. yeah. The, The appeal is not I want to go to the Arctic. The appeal is I want to do science in a place that maybe is less touched by man. Or in the case of the Arctic is being severely touched by man.
0: Oh yeah. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you want to, if you want to find out if, if without using terminology that sparks people into craziness, sometimes of global warming, if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to find a place where man's impact on our environment is, is, is true and proven, go to the Arctic, right? Just go there. You know, you get a lot of art. I don't want to get into this. Never mind. But it, yes, go, go, go to the go to the Arctic and, and study that, because that's where you'll see it. And I mean, it's it, it is an amazing place to to study. The, the top majors, top majors at this school, um, it's a liberal arts school. So when I was when I like just did my own Google research on top majors at 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 Bowdoin, Colby, Bates, it's really similar. And it's because the curriculum is so wide open. And you talk about biology, computer science, econ, English, environmental studies. But you're looking at people looking at medical schools. Um, The economics and and finance are are huge, just nationwide. Mm -hmm. You got law school applicants. I imagine that's where maybe even with English degrees sometimes go that direction. And environmental studies is something that is just super important. And it's what a lot of people want to study in in, the, in this part of the country as well. So Arctic studies is it was crazy. This museum was really really nice. I did not expect a little like museum experience, but it had just moved. I think and just reopened from one building on part of campus to this building. So I don't know how long it's been open, but I got to touch a narwhal horn. It's like this. <laughs> It says, touch touch the tusk, not a <laughs> horn. Tusk, right? There you right. go. Touch the tusk. And I did. And it was very hard. And it like spirals. And it's really, really cool. Uh,
1: nerd moment number
0: 14. <laughs> nerd moment 14. Touch the tusk. Like, <laughs> hey, buddy, I hope you find your friends. Yeah. So, Or your dad, right? No, your dad. Hey, buddy, I hope you find your dad, right? That's the narwhal oh, in yeah. Elf. So now I'll think. I know what that horn feels like. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So much fun. So we talked about green spaces, talked about Arctic studies, but being close to the coast, they have a facility that I was unable to learn a lot about. But again, get online and look at this. But there is the Coastal Studies, the Schiller, S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R, in Harpswell, Maine, the Schiller Coastal Studies Center. Which is not far from campus, just by map. But you think oceanography? You have a student who comes to you, Joel. Mm-hmm. Mr. Ford, I want to study marine science. Right. You th- what do you think? Before, don't don't take away my punchline. What do you think right now when someone says that? Coastal Carolina.
1: You want? Yeah, you want a professional answer. We're headed toward the southeast. Okay. And we're, no. and we're mentioning coastal.
0: Because in Kentucky, it's in the academic common market. market. You can even you can get, get in-state tuition for right. our students at, at Coastal Carolina. Here's, another, here's a, another place. So if you find that student who's talking about New England liberal arts colleges, but they also tell you.
1: Marine science.
0: Send them to Bowdoin. Okay. Yeah. Have, have them visit. Application. Get that on their list. So Brunswick has the benefit of being close to the coast because Colby and Bates have, have access to the coast with, with you know a drive, but, but Bowdoin does have more access to the coast. So the Coastal Study Center is really, really cool. A uh, couple admission procedure comments for you and everyone else. You'll get two readers before it goes to committee. Okay. Again, a highly selective school. But did you know, you didn't know this. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. Bowdoin first test optional college in America
1: I it didn't has, know that. Been,
0: has been test optional since 1969. So when you think about Boy. is, is your school test optional wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, it's test optional. And right. it has been since 1969, which is, let's see, I was born in blah, 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 54 years. 53, 54 years. <laughs> Not bad, right?
1: No, but I did know that fact, actually.
0: Nice. Well, now everyone does. Now everyone knows. Also at Bowdoin, four-year language requirement. Oh, wait. Yes, yes, a four-year language requirement. Really? And you can knock part of it out through AP testing or or demonstrating proficiency in a in native language, <laughs> but a lot of folks may just do another language just because it's part of the liberal arts curriculum. Having a global take on our world and, 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 and your education is all part of the of the liberal arts curriculum. Right. It's not job training. You know, the more I talk to people lately about the liberal arts, the more excited they are about it than maybe mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Because our, our society and community are changing so much that the best training could be a broad training mm-hmm. and, and working on skill sets like I don't know, collaboration, problem solving, critical thinking,
1: Team, even teamwork.
0: teamwork, laboratory work. Mm-hmm. The content doesn't matter as much as right. the process and what you take away from it. Yeah. I know it's hard for families sometimes to wrap their head around paying for a college education that doesn't result in a direct job, but to really be prepared this four-year language requirement just makes me go bonkers thinking about like how important that is to have a bigger take on things mm-hmm. than learning how to code and that's it. Right. So the computer programming majors here they know how to code, but they can talk to people. They communicate. Right. They can work everything's teamwork now. Engineering, my goodness, that's all you talk about. Teamwork, teamwork, teamwork. You're going to be part of a team. Period. So that's my soapbox, but we're talking about three liberal arts schools, so I think mm-hmm. it's important maybe to say that. At Bowdoin, their aid packages also do not include loans, and they'll work one-on-one with families to afford it. Nice. Y- you think about a super selective school, Joe. Y- they want they want to take. They're picking who they want to take in a very selective way. So don't they want to f- figure out how to get you there? Right. So if they have the money to do it, they're going to figure out how to how to get you there. Couple student life comments. They bought all the Greek buildings several years ago. I don't know when. I don't remember. But there's no Greek life, but they have the buildings, huh. and they just that's, that's some of those older buildings, those colonial style like like house type buildings where they would right. put offices or the counseling office perhaps things like that would be old Greek buildings. And there's also just like just like Dartmouth had to begin your freshman year, you have O trip an orientation trip. Okay. And there's lots of choices there. I don't even know all the options, but you're in Maine. So there's lots of outdoorsy stuff. Right. Like always. I think Bowden. what I would tell my students in Kentucky is that it's more well-known than you think. Like people mm-hmm. in the business, people in new England all know that Bowden's like, Ooh, Bowden. you know, like it's yeah. selective <laughs> and a great school, that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, many, as far as student outcomes go, many, many students, lots and lots of students do continue on to, to grad school uh, and employers. I mean, they, they, I, I don't have the percentages, but it's really, really high. You get online and see that the people are graduating and doing things with their with their degree. So you get the Museum of Arctic Research. They have a lot of connections to the indigenous populations in the north. Famous alums. you ready for two more famous alums?
1: Absolutely.
0: This is in the the, the, the tour of authors across America, Longfellow and Hawthorne. Both went to Bowdoin.
1: Your How English majors that? coming out again.
0: I know, I know. But overall, beautiful campus, great opportunities with with Brunswick right there. Cool part of Maine. If you don't want to be as remote as our next college, it's a little closer to Portland. It's a little okay. closer to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. It's a little closer to Boston, you know, that sort of thing.
1: Did you catch what, uh, so Cornell was Division One. Dartmouth being in Ivy was Division One. Did you catch the athletic level? I, I, I did, and I'm going to talk about it with the next
0: school, but I will, I'll give you a little, I'll, I'll just bring it up now. I'm going to read the school's in the n-e-s-c-a-c conference the okay. NESCAC. ready yep this is like this is a college application list just waiting to happen
1: and and and, and i i was watching the other day a um, i was watching the basketball hall of fame induction and there was a coach who coached at one of these schools you're going to mention okay. and that's how i've heard of this conference so go All ahead right. here
0: you go NESCAC. yep and i'm gonna do this in alphabetical order Okay. Are we ready?
1: Yeah. Am- Amherst. Uh-huh. Bates, which uh-huh. we'll
0: be talking about. Bowden. Yep. Which we're wrapping up. Colby, which we'll yep. be talking about next. Then Connecticut College. Hamilton. Middlebury. Trinity. Tufts. Wesleyan. Williams. A, a who's who of liberal arts institutions, in right? The New-
1: in the New England area, yep.
0: My good friend John McLaughlin is now at Hamilton, by the way. He was left Penn. And went to Hamilton, but he does the presentation with us at NACAC on letters of recommendation. Yeah, so we'll be you'll you'll be you'll be seeing him at the at the conference. And I felt I felt a little bad in my last meeting with him that I talked about this trip and <laughs> Hamilton was not on the list. But it's a reason to go back to upstate New York.
1: So, so do I remember correctly from from watching that Hall of Fame ceremony? Are these D three schools? Yes. Yeah. No
0: athletic scholarships. Right. And, and honestly, a lot of these schools and maybe all of them, I'm not sure, don't really don't only really do academic scholarships either. It's 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 like a, a highly selective need based approach. Cool. But they have robust need based. Sure, sure, right? sure, sure, sure. So anyway. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So there's 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 the conference. Uh, I took that picture in the in the hockey arena of the the Colby Mules. By the way, do you know Bowdoin's nickname? Uh, do you know their no, mascot
1: no polar bears what else I, i'm good with mascots but i, I didn't know well, you one. know so you have the the bowden
0: polar bears polar bears and then we have the colby mules mules there we go
1: there's a battle of the uh animal titans there it's like a national geographic show wait no kidding happen. yeah it's like <laughs> mutual of omaha's wild wild kingdom that's
0: how I grew up loving this stuff, to be honest with you. Let's move on to Colby. How about that? Waterville, Maine. <clears throat> Waterville, it's small. It's cool. Waterville's a cool little town. I went to a great little restaurant there that night. So Bowdoin was Tuesday. Get in the car. I drive basically gosh, I think it was like an hour. Maybe a little bit longer. From Bowdoin to Colby. Straight north, though. Okay. Straight north. And not as far as Bangor. And Waterville is inland a little bit, but here's what's, here's what I, you know, it's one of those, I kind of fell in love again at Colby, and it's probably the least known, it's the smallest, it's 1,700 students at Colby, but it's beautiful, the first thing I noticed at Colby were the natural grasses, Oh wait, I have to back up. I didn't tell you about my conversation. so I met I met uh, Melissa Duran, who is was in the admissions office. So I go to the admissions office in Bowden and just had a really nice talk. It was fantastic. Cool. Super interested in in the access to rural students that the craft has. And they they just she loves it there. She loves living in Brunswick. She loves working at this school. It's just a really, really nice place to be. So that's all I'll say about that. But uh, okay. she was super nice. Got some information on our our, our admission rep. Her name's Jenna Timmons for you as well. So if you ever need to reach out to to Bowden for anything, Jenna's Jenna's your person. So okay, Colby, back to the grasses and the absolutely just beautiful landscape around. Uh, I'm looking I'm looking at a picture from, so the, the, the classic shot, if you got on, I, don't, I, I haven't done it lately, but if you got on Colby's website and you get the classic shot of the classic building on campus, you're going to be looking uphill from this large tiered green area that goes flat and then the listeners can't see me, but you can see my hands on this, rolls down and then goes flat and then rolls down and goes flat. And it goes for like over 100 yards
1: from right. this
0: building and it keeps going down. The picture I'm looking at There's a big American flag and a a, a war monument in the middle of this. And then I look out and I can see Maine, like miles and miles and miles of Maine from the building. So the photo you're normally going to see is looking up at that beautiful building. But I sat up there in an Adirondack for, I think I gave myself three minutes of just meditation and sitting (laughs) out there before I had to get down to the tour. Because I, I went on an actual tour at Colby. But Waterville was cool. And I met with Jalen, our, our rep. Um, I met with Drew, who was in the office. He actually sat down with me for a good 20 minutes, just one on one, just had a nice talk. Nice. It was very cool. Um, and I learned a whole lot about about Colby at that point. But I, the, the note I wrote is that it's absolutely intensely beautiful. And it is more remote. Waterville's close, but, but Brunswick surrounds Bowdoin water Waterville is like five minutes down the road so it's right there and you could ride your bike there if you really wanted to from campus but the campus itself is is just open it's it's really sweet this picture of the
1: the native grasses by the way I, I pulled up your pictures on Facebook yeah it it reminds me of of like a lynx course in golf. Yeah, yeah. Just, right. Just tall grasses, kind of some open space. There are trees there, but but it's not like a forest by any means. Right. And and right. just l- from this one picture, it looks like you really can see for miles.
0: Yeah, that's it. You can. Yeah. You can, you can see for miles. Uh, it's it's awesome liberal arts school. So the same comments I made, I don't, I won't repeat those that I made about Bowdoin are true for, for Colby and Bates as well. And I'll talk about the unique curriculum type things, but you know, general studies is one of their most popular majors. So talk about like a true liberal arts curriculum. It's very, very, very open curriculum. Um, I think I would say that activism is big on college campuses in general activism at new england schools is maybe even a little bigger in general kind of new england schools but east coast west coast and then at the same time i the oak institute for human rights on colby's campus is kind of like taking activism to another level as well and students care the students at this school really really care it is a solely undergrad institution uh, and, and, and they have a first year study abroad is actually possible at Colby, huh. which is not common as you know,
1: All
0: right. I will say that the location is one hour from the coast, an hour and a half from Sugarloaf, which is the biggest skiing area up that All way. Right. And two hours from Katahdin, which is the terminus of the Appalachian trail.
1: This could be like your, your the nexus of your universe then
0: yeah yeah exactly not the skiing part but the, but the <laughs> coast the coast in katahdin right unbelievable and the coast of maine in the fall can you imagine that picture imagine that picture you looked at in in october yeah Un unbelievable you would be, be three, aware be lo-
1: you'd be longer than three minutes in that adirondack chair i can tell you that
0: oh yeah i, I tell you what too the the these schools in maine embrace the winter you can't go to a school like that if you hate winter
1: right but
0: if you're willing to embrace the winter you get real seasons like real real seasons you get a beautiful fall you probably get a somewhat wet but also beautiful green green spring summer's awesome but the winter Where's the polar jump? They probably all do a polar jump. I have a joke that like you don't you can't have a New England school without a pond on campus. Hey, right. You can't have a New England pond without doing a polar jump at some point. As far as student rituals and all of that, but I know for a fact that they do a polar jump at Colby, probably also at Bowdoin. If they they just go to they just go to the North Pole at Bowdoin, and then at Bates there's a polar like a polar jump too. So they have these traditions. Um, they have high standards for themselves and their students. So here's the quote. Here's the quote. Uh, the quote they like. The their curriculum is integrated within the world's most complex challenges. So they take that very seriously. It's it's you don't just like it's not the kind of school where you get some homework and turn it in and take a couple exams. There's there's discourse, there's problem solving, but that's the nature of the liberal arts curriculum. Right. Integrated within the world's most complex challenges. Uh, on the application side, they don't have any supplemental essays.
1: Well, that'll make you after, happy.
0: Yeah. After the tour, yeah. But after the tour, I got to thinking about these. After the tour, I'm like, well, as selective as they are, I like, how do you decide? Right. Like you read one essay. I guess the Rex. Uh, test optional, I'm sure, and but the the, the extracurriculars are really important, which is kind of weird because you only get to use 150 characters to describe your extracurriculars. But right. perhaps in the style of letters you and I write, I think that our letters would work really well. How we do them for a school like Colby, where they can just go down to that section of the ECs, and and they can kind of look at the things we're saying about those about those students. Mm-hmm. But Check out the finance piece. They get they give it's really really transparent. They also have no loans to meet 100% of need, but check this out. If you make as a family $75,000 or less in a year, you don't pay to go to Colby. If you make $75,000 to $150,000 a year, you pay a maximum of of $15,000 to go to Colby. Straight up, That's there's huge. the numbers. There's That's the numbers. Huge. Yeah, it's just to be that transparent that we 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 pressure colleges all the time on this on this podcast to be transparent. So when you started throwing out those numbers, loved it. It was awesome. Let's see. Students are close at Colby. You're going to hear that about Bates, too. They're just close. It's small and they're just they're close. They do things together. They eat together. They they hang out together.
1: Did you catch a campus size?
0: 1700. Okay. 1700. Um, it's not, I mean, it's, there's a, there's a decent amount of walking. so geographically it's, it's, I don't know how many acres. And even if I said that, I don't know what that means necessarily. As far as like how my brain processes that. Let me tell you this though, we talk about outcomes. How do liberal arts schools prove that you're going to leave with a valuable degree? So you get your academic advisor. But you also get in a program called Davis Connects, you get a separate advisor who works with you from day one, not sophomore year, junior year, day one on research, internships, all those kinds of out of classroom experiences. So you have your academic advisor and your Davis Connects advisor. There's an office just just set aside for these types of outcomes and these types of connections. My fun fact about Colby is they have one of the finest art museums in the country. Hmm. I didn't know. I'm not a big art person. Right. And I can't pretend to be, but the building's beautiful. We went inside and it's like, it's set up like you would think the Cincinnati Museum of Art or something like that. I mean, it's, it's real. It's an actual art museum on this little bitty campus up in Maine, that sort of thing.
1: Pretty cool. I want to comment on your picture. The picture of the library looks like yeah. we ought to be writing the Declaration of Independence in it.
0: That's the classic shot from below, it is, right? It is beautiful. Well, that's where I'm sitting when you can see out.
1: Right. I mean, a perfect example of colonial style, huge huge steeple on the front.
0: Right. and, and In you, that steeple, you can get in there. When you're on your part of your freshman experience, you get to go up in that and look out. Oh, wow. If you thought I could see far from where I was sitting at the door. Look, if you zoom into that picture, you can see the one Adirondack by the door where I was sitting, by the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's 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 beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it?
0: I mean, their sciences are fantastic. Everything they do. I mean, I I said that Cornell hits home runs. Kobe's hitting home runs, too. All these schools are right. That's why I'm visiting them. They are also a net zero carbon emission school. Hmm. So as an environmental fan of, I don't know, green things and earth and trees and birds and all those things to be around for generations and millennium, I think it's important.
1: Tell me about this picture of the makerspace.
0: I always want to make sure if I'm talking to because craft is a STEM high school, as you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't really say that. Right. But I always want to show what what it's gonna look like. They all have maker spaces, mm-hmm. but I just want to show that their Mule Works innovation lab is something that they also prioritize. Okay. To get hands on learning. So it's not just, you're not just like, you know, Jeffersonian, like sitting around, like talking about theories, right? You're putting right. theory into practice when you, when you get in there it's something else liberal arts schools need to do for their students. Right. And it's the perfect, com, com, the perfect combination of thinking, problem solving and doing and making. And that's where the Muleworks Innovation Lab comes in. Yeah. Open by appointment, right? Muleworks at Colby.edu. Open by appointment. So if you're a student and you want to go work in there, you get to sign up and go work in there. Like you – you, I, I didn't – they didn't say this on the tour, but this is the kind of school where you don't have to be a certain major to get in there and do something. Okay. You know, you can be an art major and go so in there. anybody training. could use it. Yeah. Yeah. You just – you know, there's someone who supervises it. And if they – probably like a, like a media specialist in a library who, you know, teaches you how to use something, they have people in there who teach you how to use the equipment. I just, I like trees. So, you know, some of the pics I've sh- just show the birch trees on campus. It's, it's just, it's pretty. It's very pretty to walk around. But this is the tour before the tour. You still, you still need to go, listener. Right. You need to get yourself on the campus. This is what you listen to on the way. Right. Now you have something to kill some time, you know. Let's move on to our final school. All right. We've been recording for a while. and Bates College. Bates College. In Lewiston, Maine. Lewiston is like blue-collar all the way. Blue-collar town. It's it's inland a little bit. So from – it's hard to describe because Maine's crooked. But I went from Bowdoin, basically kind of straight north. But going straight north means the coast went further east. Right. And then when I went south to Bates, I kind of went south-west a little bit.
1: So even so further.
0: So it's no. even further. Yeah. 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 Even further from the coast. But Lewiston Maine, blue collar town, Bates is a little bigger, 2100 students, but also the campus is more compact. Okay. It's really pretty. The buildings are the chapel's awesome. If you're on the yeah. page, look if you're on the page, look at the chapel. It
1: looks like a castle almost.
0: But let's talk about the chapel. In in an example of how if you google Bates What you'll find is the students at Bates are famously friendly. Hmm. I worked with Jeremy McFarland. He actually was, is from Kentucky and now works as our rep in, in Maine. I think he was happy for a taste of home when I went up there to sit and talk. He, He gave me at least 30 minutes of his time before his presentation. And it was awesome to sit and talk with him. He's a really, really nice guy. It, he, he even said at the end, like, well, I wish you had more time. We could hang out. And I'm like, oh, man, I do wish I had more time. It's
1: because he's from Kentucky.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, nobody at Cornell wanted to hang out with me. Do I keep saying that? Oh, I should <laughs> I should stop. Oh. Anyway, um, it was awesome. But here's one of the stories. And they were very good at telling stories about their campus. His presentation was, was him and a student. Mm-hmm. And he would say something about the school and then say – Well, what's your experience about this? And she would tell her experience about it. Uh, It was really, really cool. And back to Colby really quickly, their tour was cool because their presentation, five minutes. Then you get out on the tour. right? But Bates' tour was an hour long. However, it was really nice storytelling. And they just just do their own thing. So anyway, you have 2,100 students total. One of the big one of the big activities at Bates is a cappella. There's like five or six different a cappella groups. Really? It's just something people like to do there. So one of the groups was gonna perform in the chapel. Because chapel is one, non denominational, and used for multi multiple purposes, education included. And so the a cappella group's gonna sing in the chapel. Five hundred students came. It was packed. Wow. Not like, oh, five people are like, oh, I guess I'll go watch a cappella today. No, no. 500 people packed. Nobody else could get in. Standing room only. Period. And they were supporting each other. You go to a bait sporting event, all your friends come and watch you. It's just how it is there. Mm. Everyone's friendly, and I think that's what they're looking for in their applications. Like they're looking for friendly kids. You know, they're looking for people. Well, kids. I, I know you're not kids, so I apologize. But like, they are. They are friendly and they support each other. Our tour guide was awesome. She was. She was so cool. Oh, by the way, our, our Colby tour guide was a QuestBridge student. Huh. So they they have nice. a lot of, they have like 25 Quest Bridges they match. I mean, that's like a lot of, a lot a lot lot. of QuestBridge people, yeah. But a um, tour guide from Maine, or from, from Bates in Maine was awesome. Uh, Blue Collar Town, but that provides realistic opportunities for students. So think about somebody who wants to, I don't know, do some work in a school you don't, you don't, you don't get good experience going to like, like the most elite hoity toity grade school where you have to apply to get in, you go to town Mm. and learn how to teach kids. So, um, but revitalization, it's not like, it's not falling down. I'm just saying it like, it is a blue collar town. And that gives you what I would call realistic experiences as uh, with, with the connection between Bates and Lewiston.
1: Where's the campus in relation to the town?
0: It's more like the Brunswick Bowden connection, like next like to it. more in it. Yeah, but yeah.
1: self-contained.
0: Yeah, like it's like a. <clears throat> it's not like you're It's not like a GW George Washington where you're in a city, right? Or like Pittsburgh where you're like in the, the the main street divides your campus, but you're you're in a town. It's like if you put a college in like Fort Mitchell or Fort Thomas or something in our area. Okay. So you're just you're in a you're in a town. Um. Next, but it, it's you know the blocks of the college are of their own. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing, but it's only a few blocks. It's not a whole lot bigger than Transylvania's campus. Maybe okay. a little bit bigger than Transylvania's. I know for our for our national and international listeners, we're throwing out some local stuff, so we'll we'll try to move on from that. Uh, at at Bates, you can't. You're not allowed to just get a major. It's major plus one. It can be a minor. It can be another major. Um, May has a short term where you can take one class. Okay. And 70% of Bates students do study abroad.
1: That's The, other, the other
0: percentages are more in the 60, 60s, maybe, at right. these other schools. I didn't mention it. But it is worth mentioning for Bates that 70%, and this is an academic institution of higher learning. All students, all students have a thesis or cumulative experience that they have to create. So... Hmm. It's like, you know, some honors colleges might end with a thesis, but all the other students on campus don't do a thesis. Every single base student will, does. Okay. Yeah, will have a thesis, we will have a culminating project in some way. Here's one of the cool things that their Office of Purposeful Work does. They will pay you $5,000 if you get an internship that's not, that's unpaid. Huh. It's hard sometimes to find an internship that also pays. But if you're at Bates, that doesn't matter. You're going to get paid. You're going to get $5,000 for, I don't know if it's up to, I think it just is $5,000. But let's just suffice it to say up to okay. $5,000 for an unpaid unpaid internship. They have a brand new science building, the new Bonnie Science Center. Again, for the craft students, I make notes on science-y stuff. But that applies to lots and lots of students. So a $75 million building. Um, Chase Hall is one of their older buildings that they completely gutted. The students, it's funny how much the students care. The students are so excited for this building to open up this week. Like it's, it's probably open now, right? It was almost done. And they were just so excited that this new renovation, the outside of the building is old and beautiful, but the inside of the building needed some work and, and that's been completed. Bates is a little less selective than Colby and Bowdoin, it's around the 15% where we're in the single digits, but probably the financial aid package, because they do need to include loans in their package. Now, they will cover all demonstrated needs, so it's similar to Cornell's, whereas, uh, to repeat for people, some colleges give you what you have to pay, your your, your expected family contribution, a loan, another bill, and then they give you some aid. Uh-huh. but but at bates it's expected family contribution loan and they cover the rest right so but it is a package that can be can be handled i'm sure by by a lot of folks every club has a community liaison didn't know that that's kind of cool so you've got a community person somewhere in Lewiston who's that's connected to or near Lewiston, I don't know, but is connected to every club. They advertise a 90% employment grad school rate, and then you've got others who have fellowships, and employers do come and recruit on campus. Oh, yeah, the winter puddle jump, that's big. So if every good New England college needs a pond,
1: I was gonna say, so it looks like they've got water on campus.
0: They do have water on campus, and believe me, it freezes over. One, these campus ponds tend to not be too awful deep, but that's a cool thing because it uh, they, they freeze easier. But it's it's just it's it's really also really pretty. I mean, it again, it's it's a little bit of a condensed campus, but not that condensed. I mean, they have a whole big pond. It's probably an acre acre large if I look at the pictures correctly. Football fields, nice, mm-hmm. everything. It's all great. So what happened, what happened, we'll see what happened was I got in my car that afternoon, which is why I couldn't hang out with Jeremy. And the goal was that was on a, those were Wednesday's visits. Colby and Bates were Wednesdays. I was on the tour with the same people. So oh, yeah. a mom and her daughter was a junior, she's a junior from Michigan. It was a public school in Michigan. And on a tour, at Colby, and their next stop, that was a 10 a.m. tour. Their next stop was the 2 p.m. tour at Bates. So it was cool because I ended up going around. It, it, but oh, at Bates they split the students and parents up on the tour. That was kind of cool. Nice. But I went on the, I went with the group with the mom on the second one. Talked to her a little bit here and there. But uh, that was really cool. Get in the car around 4:30 and head to Albany, New York. Got me there at nine-ish next morning, 11-hour drive home. There you go. Yeah. Got back on, just drove all day Thursday. And then, boom, back to back to work, back to offices. Have a, I had appointments all day. I, I was busy after being gone. So I had appointments all day Friday, appointments Saturday. All last week was just, like, packed. It was awesome. So much mm-hmm. fun. Talked to so many students. Thursday night, I did this presentation in a much shorter version without... Recording and pictures and all of that with the craft students. So I had about 10 craft students come and want to hear about these schools. So that is that I clearly didn't cover everything, uh, but I hope I covered enough to give people a taste of what it would be like to be in that part of the country to be at those colleges. I hope we did a good job, Joel, or I did a good job showing the differences between those schools and the similarities. Absolutely. But What further? Do you have any further questions, comments, thoughts about this trip?
1: No, I mean it. It it sounded like uh, a good, good, good group of schools to go to to show similarities and differences. You know, I, I I I heard similarities of all five, but then there definitely are individual campus vibes or or just just. Things that are specific to to that campus community um, for each of them that you mentioned,
0: right? And frankly, I just wanted to get to Maine again. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I originally, I originally had like added two days just to go hiking and stuff, right. and I just, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't pull it off. I couldn't, I couldn't stay that long away from this kind of work in the second week of August. Tragic. Uh, So anyway, I'll be back there next July.
1: I was going to say you'll just go next trip.
0: Yeah, we'll be back. We'll swing through Hanover again just because I like it there so much and then head up to the White Mountains from there. Do another hike with Jack and Sharon. That would be awesome. Yep. And yeah, so all right, check this out. I think I was going to have you talk about this a little bit, but how about this? How about I just ask you, Joel, because I know the answer already. Mm -hmm. Where's our next college tour going to
1: take us? So um after after a little bit of, of struggle, we're both going to NACAC 2023. Yes. And for some reason, we're driving. That so, reason is me. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheaper, hopefully. Um, so we're talking what nine hours from where we where we it's live, eight. hours? It's about eight. Eight? okay believe it or not i'll believe it when i see it so we can't go to a to a different part of the country without making some stops at some schools so um we we definitely are planning to stop in morgantown west virginia uh we're going to be mountaineers for a few hours yes see west virginia university um and then we're headed to baltimore maryland um I told Chris, I would like to see Johns Hopkins. I would like to see the Naval Academy in nearby Annapolis because we have kids that are always looking at those schools. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, Chris, where where do you want to go?
0: I also wouldn't mind sneaking over to Maryland College Park.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've been I was on that campus maybe 10 years ago, but say, same for Johns Hopkins. It's been about 10 years since I've been on that right. campus. I've been to Naval Academy twice in a third time with my, with my cousin who got married to a midshipman the day after graduation,
1: Nice. the
0: guest, the keynote speaker at commencement was one Barack Obama came in on Marine one and and then, um, they got married the next day and had a, had a nice little reception at the, um, or that day, maybe had a nice little reception in the Harbor of Annapolis. So it's a great area. Definitely looking forward to that. There's a lot of schools up that direction, but we have a conference to attend also. Right. And we'll need to do that. But yeah, if we if we if we got to all four of those, that would be a win. Right. That would be a win. I'll, I'll
1: take I'll take three or four.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to hitting West Virginia because right. I think it's one of those schools that is way better than maybe it even gets credit for academically in the national sense. Like my prediction is, we come back all impressed with West Virginia. Yeah. So,
1: I'm always amazed. I'm always amazed just the. Um, I'm a I'm a college football junkie, as I know you are. I'm just you can just kind of see the school spirit. Yeah. And and, and even at a, at a football game there, just on TV, like, like it's like the these these school for West Virginia, and I know there are others, but right. You you know, like you can tell those people like bleed blue and blue and yellow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like let's go, you know, Yeah, get fired up. Well, I think that wraps it up for today.
1: Yeah. This
0: is always a mega. This is like a mega episode. It was a mega. 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 So to get schooled on campus.
1: Yeah. So one last reminder uh, before we go, Chris and I are both firm believers that the best way to find out about a college. And whether or not it's the right fit is for a student to visit campus. Um, When you get on campus, take the campus tour, but see if you can talk to professors, sit in on a class, eat in the dining hall, meditate for three minutes in an Adirondack chair, anything that gets you the experience of campus life and lets you experience what that campus is all about. Just get out there and explore. And remember... If you want to learn more about the college admissions process, listen to our original podcast, Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Amazon. And also follow us on Twitter at, at Get Schooled 3 We'll see you on campus next time
0: on Get Schooled on Campus.
1: Birds should be eliminated from the face of the earth. No. no, What? Dude, that is problematic. I cannot stand birds. You really spent about the same time on Dartmouth as you did Cornell. Did I? Yeah.
0: Well, because of Sapsucker Woods.